You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Sup? Greg Hectus. Hey, guys. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. David Hall. I thought you forgot me. And special guest, Ashton Crowder. Uh, hey, well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, Ashton Crowder, um, thanks for coming on tonight. Let's get to know you a little bit. Um, of course, you are a driver in the Coke, the E-NASCAR Coke series. And we're going into our second race. But uh, before we get into all that, let's talk about how did you first hear the word iRacing and what did you do about it? Uh, yeah, I think it was back in either 2010 or 2011, and I was, you know, running my old Eutechnics, I think it's called, like, NASCAR the Game um, things on my 360, and uh, I looked online for, like, Daytona races with that, and for some reason it came up with, uh, like, a Daytona 500 top split race, and uh, I was a huge Joey Logano fan at the time, still a pretty big fan now, and um, a you know, I think his name was, yeah, it was John Costa. He was in a, a GoJoeyLagano.com car, and he won the race. So I was like, shoot, I need to do this. So I asked my uh, grandparents and my mom. I was like, please, I'll do anything. Just get me, because I looked at the website and saw all you needed. Like, get me a wheel and pedals. Like, I'll do anything. And uh, they got me, uh, I forget, uh, Drive Force GT, I think. it. Is. Yeah, I've raced on that for a few years, and you know, still here now, thankfully, and worked out pretty good so far. Okay, very good. Yeah, uh, started in 2012, and um, let's talk about what you're running. We're obviously running the eNASCAR series, but do you run anything else? Like, what did you do in the off season? Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, I ran uh, Alan Pajari's Winter Series. Um, it was first time running that, and had a lot of fun doing it. Um, able to run on the new tire model, and you know, really get my feet wet in that. Um, and just like really just all of us that are you know running in the coke series we do like nis like a opens every now and again um but other than that i just you know just test a lot and really just try to you know quote unquote waste as much time as i can on here all right very good uh your overall winning percentage on your profile 21 percent, pretty good um let's talk about your hardware setup what do you got for wheels pedals monitors vr and any third-party software yeah, I got three monitors. Um, I think two are TVs and one is like an actual monitor, all different brands too. So I don't recommend that part, but I do recommend the three monitors just over anything else like pedals and beyond. The monitors are the most important by far, I think. Um, then an Ikea desk that I got like three years ago, um, a Derek Spears design button box on my left, and then a Thrustmaster T300 RS for a wheel. And uh, whatever the Thrustmaster pedals are that invert, I forget the name of them, but that's what I got for that. And they work really well. Um, thinking about upgrading, but all this has served me well for the past two or three years. So I feel like changing it up might not be a great idea at the moment. Right. Uh, what What is the thing about the triples? Is it the uh, situational awareness, the peripheral vision? Uh, you You can feel the people around you. What is it? Yeah, I I think it just it helps a lot um because like if if you're on like a single monitor, you know, you kind of have to press a button to look to your left or right and that takes more time than you really think about um and it can put you in a bad position. So if you have triples, 
and you run um, a semi like far back uh, FOV where you know you're not on the windshield, um, you can you can see guys to your left and right a lot easier than you could just pressing a button having it flip over. So uh, I think that aspect helps a lot. But it's really um, it's a big deal on restarts. Um, if if you're running second, uh, for example, you can't if you're running a single monitor, you would have to uh, press that button and look over to the guy to your left or just purely go off a of sound and you know that can always have like a mental delay but if you can have that guy's um, hood pins on your left with the sound it's something you can actually connect in your mind so i think just being able to see more is really what does it for me. okay i think we need to get you matching monitors so so uh yeah. let's, let's work on that all right let's I'm shift kidding. gears i'm gonna jump around let's talk last season uh the 2019 and i'm, I'm going to kind of tie this into one of the questions we always ask maybe uh what is your most memorable iRacing moment um i'm going to probably guess it might have been at the uh darlington let's uh, hear what happened but a first time winner ashton crowder final time at a turn four to his first win in the edas car peak in a freeze iRace. he's got it tonight at darlington did i guess right Yes, you did. That um, man, that was by far like the most happy I've been in my whole life. I think to this point, um, your life relatively so far. And so we got some time to go. So hopefully, we'll get like a championship or something, and be like thirty times happier. That'd be cool. But um, to this point, that's the best moment that I've had on here, and just life in general. You know, don't, uh, with the season I had last year, frankly, I didn't really do my job correctly i wrecked a ton and it was just horrible um on my end um you know parker and the boys at Vern Kligerman esports did it right but i didn't sadly so to get that win was just crazy so happy yes. so much relief i'm sure yeah so first win of the of the series obviously uh and up and down like you said you ended up uh p22 in points and uh so looking to step it up uh this year obviously uh, talk a little bit about the Burton uh, Kligerman thing. Uh, have you met Jeff or or Parker and and that kind of thing? Yeah, I uh, I met Parker. I actually uh, met him by kind of mistake. So my mom and I went to uh, Richmond. I think it's called Raceway now. Yeah, Richmond Raceway. I did a rebrand, and I always get confused with that. But we uh, went to Richmond, and we were down in turn four watching the Xfinity race. And then I noticed um, a guy with like a monitor that he was holding it and then somebody with like a really unique way to hold a microphone i was like i've seen that before and then i looked a little closer and i was like oh it's parker how about that so i just kind of awkwardly stared at him for a little bit and watched him do his job because i found find it really interesting and then i think it was like maybe halfway through stage one he realized who i was and then he came up to me and i met him um like that um but I haven't gotten the chance to meet Jeff yet. I've talked to him on the phone and uh, stuff like that, but not in person. So hopefully we can get that done this year. It'd be really cool. Well, and you also had that opportunity to go to Charlotte to meet NASCAR and those iRacing guys. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and uh, how cool that might, that experience was. Yeah, that was um, that was really unique. Uh, it was a really long day. If I remember correctly, we went from... And it must have been from about eight o'clock to four, something like that. It's really long. Um, like I, you know, I expected it to be a long day, but 
uh, towards the end of anything you do like that, no matter how fun it is, it always is going to drag. That's just kind of the nature of it. But um, yeah, just the whole day was just packed with taking photos um, with my ugly face. That's sad. But um, taking photos and like interviews and stuff. Uh, you know, it's what the real life guys do. Like when they go down to Daytona and so on for Fox and NBC. So being able to do that um, with our series and, and it's still relatively small. Um, compared to what they got in real life, obviously. So for us to have the chance to do that was very cool. And I just got to thank everybody at iRacing and NASCAR for that because you know, they're the ones that uh, got it done for us. But uh, it was a bit, um, I don't know, it kind of felt like business as usual being there for me because I am from Charlotte. So like I go down there um, quite frequently. Um, so like I don't think I really had as like I, I guess a, as a fun experience as everybody else did and exciting just because like I'm from there so just like oh the NASCAR Hall of Fame's there hotel that we're staying at is here and so on and you, know, you already kind of know all the places but being able to be in the NASCAR like production area yeah I you know hopefully I have a chance to do that again because insane don't really have any other words for it it's really cool yeah you know I was impressed I, I think initially I just assumed it was for NBC and their broadcast, but it was really for iRacing and their broadcast that they're producing mm -hmm. these in-house. And I got to say, the, the broadcast have been outstanding with uh, the footage that you guys did in Charlotte, combined with the graphics that they're putting together, camera shots and all that. And of course, the, the voice talent. It's just really a great package right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you got the best in the business doing it out there. You got Evan Pasoko. Um, I can't remember if Tim Terry's doing it. I really hope yep. he is. They got all the regular guys. So Yeah, and Randy. and Yeah, they do a great job. But the production value this year compared to last year, like last year I thought it was really good. Um, it, you know, they did as much as they really could. They All the assets they had, they didn't really have a lot of assets last year to use. So you can't really do much, you know. You can only make it so good. Um, but this year they have all the tools to make it a professional grade broadcast and they have, so really oh, exciting yeah. to see that. Yeah, it, it, it is a, a great product to watch. So let's talk about 2020, uh, the, the first Coke race, uh, P8, uh, that's not bad. Top 10, you know, considering your up and down year last year, are you happy with a P8? And what else could you have done differently to maybe even get better uh, track position finish there? Yeah, um, Daytona, you, uh, for me anyways, I kind of just expect that I'll be flipped upside down at some point or, you know, ended up or end up like 40th or something because it's just, it's crazy anytime you race at Daytona, you know how to, you know how it is. They usually wreck a lot, but uh, for some reason we didn't, and I'm pretty sure we went the whole way green if I remember correctly, so that was a... Uh, I don't want to say a huge surprise because like everybody's professional um, in the gosh, got to get used to it. Coke series. Um, but yeah, uh, P8 though is, it, I don't want to say it was a surprise because uh, the people that we were working with kind of uh, with the strategy we had planned out, like we expected to be in the 15th or like first of 15th range, just somewhere around there. So we were working with, it was uh, me and Christian uh, setups um, on our own deal we have like an alliance there and then we have or then we were working with uh chris Shearburn, bobby Zelensky, and keegan Leahy or Lehi. and uh yeah we kind of had this planned out where we were going to run um these really high nose cars that a lot of people had theories on but 
to set the record straight now, kind of just dumped a decent amount of, like, a, I don't want to say a lot, but it dumped a good portion of drag, um, from what we could tell, off the rear. And that was enough to offset the front. So, like, the sim, I just don't think, was prepared for that combination to happen. And that's why it worked. Um, but we ran the cars because they were just a little bit faster and, you know, always take any advantage you can get, I guess. Um, I don't even know if it was really an advantage. It was really dangerous a lot of the time. You couldn't see off your front bumper. But, um, yeah, and, you know, we ran those cars, put it on the same lap, did this really cool uh, swap draft strategy, and and ended up getting one of us the win with Keegan. So it was, yeah, just it's crazy. That race turned yeah. out really happy. It's amazing the teamwork that's involved in a Daytona win like that, especially like this situation where you guys are running a special set and you're going to try to work together because you all have the same speed and uh, you really had to kind of stick together. Exactly, yeah. Um, and to uh, to add on to that uh, or to answer the question of how could I have gotten better track position, looking back at it, I when we came out of pit road for our final stop. I was pushing Keegan to try to get back up because I forget exactly what happened, but um, we had like a really bizarrely slow stop, the both of us. So I ended up coming out right behind him and I just, you know, got on his bumper and pushed him up. Now, I decided after about a lap, I was going to get down behind, I believe it was Bobby and Christian, if I remember correctly, but I shouldn't have done that. I should have stayed on the top and pushed Keegan because it turned out a few laps later, I believe it was Nick Ottinger was going to get to Keegan's back bumper, which would have been me, unless he took it three wide, which never know how that'll work out. But um, ended up pushing Keegan to the lead, and that put all of us in like a really good position. But if I would have stayed last behind Keegan, I probably would have gotten second or third instead of eighth. So not a huge difference, but when the points are all tallied up um, at the end of the year, that that could account for a lot. So, yeah. But that's that's the only thing that would have changed. Okay. Good finish, though. Top 10, uh, getting out of there the way that race played out. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's do some quick hits uh, from listener questions off social media. We had a guy on Facebook, John Adams, who uh, I think oh. is the, we talked about his video. He's a pro from like 10 years ago. He said, Ashton, are you ready to race me in 2020? If he makes it in, yeah, or if I knock myself back into pro, for sure. I'd, I've i watched his uh, videos a lot in the past, actually, so racing him would be pretty cool. He's a country guy, if I remember correctly, and he wears some cool sunglasses. Man, I wish I was I, him with those, man. That's sick. Yeah, I think but I called uh, him the redneck uh, sim racer or something. Yes, sir, yeah. Yeah, I love John Adams. I don't think I've ever been able to talk to him on like TeamSpeak or Discord or anything, but been watching his videos for a long while so racing them would be really cool i think okay well there you go john uh you better get in that road to pro and get it done all right uh <laughs> stacy crowder on twitter said who are your heroes or biggest motivators and why okay that's my mom that's fun um <laughs> well i can't believe she put in a question. Even real you question here, right? yeah come on what i call her say anyways come on mom but now um well a lot of people make fun of me for it but uh, I, so I have two. Uh, number one, the main uh, motivator is Justin Bieber. Sounds weird, but um, I've been listening to his music since I was about eight or nine, maybe ten. And just something about the way he's 
gone about things and Ford is, uh, forwarded uh, his career has really inspired me to uh, kind of go down the same path minus all the mistakes that he made. But thankfully, I'm younger than he is and I can learn from him and not do him. Um, but then the second one is Charles Leclerc in Formula One and just the way that he kind of go, uh, goes about things where it almost seems like no matter what happens, it's always his fault. Um, that's I've kind of incorporated that into my racing. So um, if if somebody like there is an instance, I forgot what track it was, and I think it was in uh, NIS. Uh, somebody came off the wall in a really bizarre way and hit me, and it you know it damaged my car, and I'm pretty sure I wrecked the guy, or like you know both of us wrecked really. And uh, like it was it was more than likely on him, but my initial thought was, I can't believe I did that. Like, I can't do that again. So like, I went back and watched it like five times to make sure I wouldn't be in that same position again. And basically just threw all the blame on myself so I could correct it. And it really wasn't even like my fault. So yeah. Um, Justin Bieber and Charles Leclerc. Okay. Very good. Uh, we're going to skip on and get to the last one. I, at I am Ricky T said, who is your doppelganger? Okay. Uh, never really thought about that. Justin but, Bieber. But we'll go with Justin Bieber. That's what I thought when yeah. I saw your picture. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a compliment, right? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. See, that's going to oh. boost my ego, like, so, so big. So I appreciate that, man. Honestly. Okay, very good. <laughs> well, Ashton, uh, let's look at the points uh, going into the next race here. Keegan Leahy, Nick Ottinger, Bobby Zielinski, top three. Logan Clampett, Christian Challenger, John Gorlinski, Ray Alfala, and Ashton Crowder in eighth. Uh, so tell us real quick, uh, you know, what are you looking at for the next race? How's your set? Uh, I think it's really, I think it's really strong. Um, you never really know, but um, just off of the amount of time that we've put in it and uh, just the overall effort, I think it'll uh, perform really well. Uh, but that's the thing with the V7 tire. We don't really know how it's going to perform. So you have like uh, uh, back last year, you had like a very strong idea of how your car is going to perform in a race because you know how that tire is going to react. So, for instance, if your right rear is going over 300, you know, okay, I'm probably going to die in 25 laps and have nothing to and I'm going to be down two or three tenths over the fastest guys. But with the V7 tire, we don't know that. Um, so hopefully it's really good, but don't know for sure. Yeah, I've been running Vegas Open NIS, and uh, if you push the tire, man, you're going to pay for it at the end. Uh, let's, oh, yeah. uh, let's look at one more eNASCAR tidbit. Uh, news came in from Stuart Haas Esports. It says, it's Clint Boyer, and we got a quote from Clint Boyer about the Coke series, and he says, iRacing is something that has come a long way. Just think about what we saw on Tuesday. That race, who would have ever thought? You have commenters and sponsors wanting to get involved and drivers that are literally making a name for themselves sitting at home in front of the computer screen. It was a hell of a race, and it was. Yeah. Pretty neat to hear Clint uh, say that. Yeah, Clint Boyer, man. Uh, one of my favorite drivers and just incredibly smart when it well smart about a lot of things but when it comes to racing that's really his bread and butter obviously so he does uh, for a living but yeah just seeing how far it's progress uh, progressed over the past just three years really i mean three four years i mean we went from 2016 was just or 2015 was all right and then 2016 
Um, I hate to say it, but it almost felt like it took a step back. Um, then 17, it uh, got a little bit better. Then 18, it got, I would say, a step or two up. And then 2019, last year, you know, it took like a very big leap. And then this year, it's the races are like they're on TV, which, you know, hopefully um, they will be. I don't know if they are or not, but hopefully we can get a few races on TV this year and it'll be even bigger than it was last year and you know, get some good eyes on it. But yeah, it's yeah, we've heard the incredible. playoff races will be uh, on NBC. So, there you go. but yeah, so it should be awesome. Yeah, it's been a, a exploding for sure. And we're always wanting to talk about it. Well, Ashton Crowder, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, how do people follow you and want to get involved? Uh, you have a Twitch, a Twitter? Yeah, um, Twitter, it's Ashton Crowder, just my name. And then, uh, uh, let's see, was it Instagram and Twitch are Ashton Crowder 27. Um, so that that's my socials. And then the teams, uh, I forget what it is on Instagram. It might be Burton Clergman Esports, but on Twitter, I know it's Burt Clegg Esports. So a little bit bizarre, um, to be fair. But that is their Twitter and go follow that. Um, you know, follow my Twitter, not Logan's. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, uh, explode on the old Twitter sphere and be as big time as my teammate one day. Okay, very good. Ashton Crowder, thank you so much for coming on our show. And you're welcome back anytime. Good luck uh, on the next race. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. With that, let's jump the news. David, iRacing, new damage model for Oval. Well, kind of just like they introduced the first uh, tire, the V7 tire for the to the K&N car for the first time, they're going to do the same thing with the oval cars. And we have a YouTube video that is it's it's just wonderful eye candy with all kinds of neat new damage uh, happening. Uh, and the first, of course, the first one you know hood popping up. Um, I, I can only imagine. I mean, I've kind of experienced it with my my rift just going black in the middle of a race, but imagine actually having the hood just up there when you're when you're driving down down 200 miles an hour on the track uh, a lot of nice neat new features uh it is a, they did want us to know that it is still a work in progress um there's crumples and scrapes and hoods that are popping but it's still being tuned and tweak uh he, he wanted to note that the the hood popping isn't going to happen so easily and that happened because they were basically trying to make it happen uh it also uh, Brian Simpson chimed in and pointed out that they can't move suspension mounting points, which so there's only so much crumpling that they can do to the cars. But, Man, it was impressive. I thought it looked really, really good. Even the like they're saying that they can't move like certain parts of the car. Like there was some good damage displayed on the suspension parts as they had it. I loved the the one where the the trunk kind of came open too, you know, and you could kind of see into the trunk and the trunk lids kind of flapping around. Well, it, it's nice to see like even like when that car was coming to a stop, the hood kind of flapped down and it kind of acted like it was supposed to. Yeah, it looks it it just looks even you know it's more immersion. And the audio, of course, was really good, uh, well matched. I think at the end they even had the Australian spotter saying, you have wheel damage, you know, kind of thing. It was kind of humorous. Well, let's keep moving. Chris Scales, we got some NIS numbers from uh, the Daytona 500. What do we got? The numbers are going up. That's what we got. So um, we have some numbers from last year's Daytona 500 versus this year. Um, last year, the Wednesday, 9 p.m., we had 462 last year, 613 this year. 
uh, Thursday afternoon, 177 last year, 325 this year. Uh, Friday night, uh, 522 last year, 797, or if I'm sorry, 597 this year. And uh, Sunday morning, 466 last year and 618 this year. Um, so obviously um, a nice increase. I know uh, we were talking when we raced this week um, that it wasn't, I mean, the, the numbers for last the last week at Daytona is, is one thing. We always have good numbers for Daytona, but it didn't seem like those numbers dropped all that much when we were racing this week. Yeah, Vegas was up there too, big time compared to, you know, the first race last year, which was what, Atlanta? Yeah, I think when our Thursday afternoon race, I think, or uh, I'm sorry, um, what was that, uh, Wednesday night? I think we were, when I registered with 15 minutes or so to go, I think we were already at 350 registered, something like that. Well, and if you look at these numbers in the percentage from the difference from last year, you can also see the percentage of, it matches the increase of actual members that have joined iRacing. Right, like what we're at, like 110,000 to 80,000 people that was here last year. So, right, you know, you see this is the percentage is going to go up the more you got, right? That's right. Well, here's something that I find kind of weird that Thursday at 2 p.m., that's almost it almost doubled in numbers. And you know, you expect the the Wednesday to go up because that's the first uh first open running of the Daytona, and the other two are, are fairly, fairly similar uh jumps. But that Thursday, that that's a huge jump. What, why? Too many unemployed people. That's when I raced. They came out to race with me. I heard Chris unemployed people. <laughs> people with terrible work schedules. Oops, did I say that loud? Sorry, Chris. Well, and a lot of that's for overseas people too. I mean, uh, it's you know that's time slot is really geared for Europeans. We see a big jump in that number, but the Friday night one stayed kind of flat, which was kind of strange. Usually that's one of the busiest ones, and that kind of, that was barely higher than last year. Well, you'd think that that one would be, the like you're saying there, Chris, because Friday night would be the more accessible, like, you know, because you got to set, most people would have a Saturday off that maybe don't work. But it showed the Sunday one because of the states having a holiday and Canada having a holiday. Maybe it is up more on the the Sunday one was showed it more than the Friday because of people were pumped because of the 500 that they didn't get to see until Monday, I guess. Yeah, that that was the biggest day uh, Sunday um, uh, for fixed. Now, we don't have the numbers on fixed. This person only put together the numbers on open, but I ran Sunday night fixed and it was huge. I think it was eight or nine hundred if I remember right. Um, but it was, I think it was because there was no race and it rained out and everybody was looking for something to do. Well, let's keep moving. Uh, next up, uh, Greg Bubba Wallace hops on the sim and walks us through a queue. And we actually have a, a clip of this. Let's go ahead and listen to it. The biggest thing is obviously speed and built up. Your shift points are really big, uh, for qualifying. Get up, you're wide open the whole time around. And that's, uh, he goes on for the whole two laps, just like that. And walks you through how to qualify at uh, Daytona. Yeah, and it was interesting to, uh, you know, to go through the video. Um, you know, he took two laps to go around, and, and, and he's talking about, obviously, how smooth to be, you know, right down on the line to try and get it and um, go through the lap. But then on the, his second lap, he, he spoke about, you know, not running full throttle in the draft when you're racing in the actual packs and, and just kind of gave you some tips on how to race in a pack mentality, even though you, they weren't, he wasn't showing being in a pack. So, you know, it was just good to see from a driver's perspective, what maybe he's thinking too. like, I know he's 
you know, he still has, doesn't have a lot of restrictor plate experience, but he still has a lot of driving experience and being part, you know, a little bit there um, to see what he was saying. It was just a, it was a good refresher for everybody. Yep. And that's uh, put out by NASCAR and they're just happen to use iRacing, of course, uh, to get it on film there. All right, Chris, uh, DNC caution laps have been disabled. Uh, yeah, this is actually a story from last week we didn't get to, but I think um, this is still the case where the, the do not count caution laps has been turned off temporarily. Um, it was a feature they added uh, with the last, I, I believe it was uh, one of the um, last of patch ones, we yeah. had. Yeah, it was one of the hot fixes, um, which was going to be a big win for the um, dirt guys to be able to run um, DNC caution laps, but we... Um, I guess there was a bug that would crash some of the hosted servers that were running this, so it's been turned off for now. They'll they'll work on it, get it fixed, and we'll get it back out eventually. Okay, Greg, Porsche Cayman GT4. So the GT4 class is obviously expanding now. Um, so with this new Cayman coming in to uh, go up against the uh, the Audi, right? And um, you know, it's it's a nice addition to it. It says it's going to be coming in the March build. Um, so Greg Hill posted, uh, that it was going to be in the March build, but it's undergoing testing right now. And, uh, he's calling it, it's a beautiful car is what he's calling. It's a butte. Um, but the art team or they had done a fa fantastic job on the inside and out. So they haven't really showed, a, they've only showed a couple pictures. So I'm wondering at some point, maybe here, once the testing's done, I'm sure we'll get a quick video before the March build, hopefully showing the car off. Okay, very good. David, the 2020 Bathurst 12 hour. So during the weekend, we were all spending a lot of time at Daytona. There was a lot of guys also taking trips around Bathurst. Uh, congratulations to at Slazzy, at Giannini Salvo 98, and Larry Tenvord for being the winners of the top split iRacing Bathurst 12. Or no, 24. No, it was 12, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. there's, there's a nice little uh, Twitter post for them. And also, Matt... Malone did a nice uh, charity race. He ran the entire race by himself, and he turned the most laps of any driver in the race and raised over three thousand um, dollars, which is going towards Australia's wildlife, Australia Zoo's Wildlife Warriors. Um, he was in the sixth split with a thirty-one hundred uh, strength of field, and he had three X in twelve hours. Dang. That's getting it done. He's, and, and the guy can type and read comments at the same time while driving. That's the real trick. We also have in the show notes, if you want to look them up, some stats for, for the 911 as well as the GT3s. Now, the you said at Slazy uh, one. That's Max Benicky, the guy with the highest uh, road I rating on the service. All right, Greg, speaking of Matt Malone, what else did we see from Matt? Uh, so, I guess... Uh... This is probably one of the most unique gender reveals for, I guess, uh, Matt and uh, his wife are uh, expecting. And so he uh, posted a video up uh, where they were had a blue and a uh, pink or purplish car there um, going around Lime Rock. And um, they uh, are, you know, commentating the race. And you can see them both in the background in the clip. And uh, I think it was Lime Rock anyways. But um, anyways, and... Uh, he, Looked like the boy was going to come through at the end there, and uh, last corner someone was blocking it, and then the girl car passed them right before the line. It's a pretty, pretty smart way of doing it. Like it was just very interesting to see Matt's reaction and Samantha's reaction. Uh, it was great. Uh, so congratulations to them, and 
Yeah. It's a girl. <laughs> yeah, it's a girl, and he's <laughs> he always finds something to come up with to do stuff uh, on here that uh, will get people interested. So good on him. Okay. I think gender reveals are dumb unless you do them on iRacing just like he did, and then they're excellent. <laughs> and then they're <laughs> cool, good. right? Yeah, that's right. I think this is the first time we've seen this, so that's interesting. All right, we got a bunch of new series. Uh, Tony Groves, the iRacing Nurburgring Endurance Series. Yeah, uh, it's an endurance series, and it'll feature nine endurance races, each uh, between four and six hours long on the combined Nurburgring VLN circuit. What does VLN stand for? Something, something Nurburgring. Love it. That's awesome. That was kind of what I was thinking too. Something, something. Love it. Um, So drivers may participate solo or with it. And they say they're changing things up a bit this year, trying to most accurately mimic the real world event. And they have expanded the number of classes to five and the number of cars per split up to 60. 60? Awesome. That's huge, but Nurburgring is huge, so why, why not? It, right? That's the only track it really does work at, right? Well, maybe Lamar splits at fifty-five. Um, they say <laughs> regarding the attached qualifying, uh, they found that this causes significant amounts of confusion to those that are newer to the service. So for uh, twenty twenty, the only event with unattached qualifying will be the Indy five hundred special event. And the last note that we have is the VLN will be announced this week as we are finalizing the class roster. So the something something has to do with this. Do you want me to read the definition of it? Please. Okay, I'm going to butcher this so anybody that's German. um, So the VLN properly... Vern and Lang Streck. Pole Nuremberg is an organization of motorsports club of which each host of the event of nine race series uh, held on Nuremberg. So it's a series of events. I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. Could you yeah, say well, again? I'll, I'll post. <laughs> we can put it in the notes it. afterwards. But it's, I think both words have a minimum of 20 letters in them, and I think it's every almost every letter in the alphabet. <laughs> So uh, let's just stick with something, something Nurburgring. I like that. I, I apologize for. Okay, the next race, the IMSA 90 minutes at Sebring. I smiled when I saw this one. Sebring is pretty much one of my favorite road tracks. Uh, they're and they're running a 90 minute solo race for the TCR car. Um, I guess the Porsche, if if it's a, the soon to arrive Porsche, I believe is going to be a part of it because it's yep. it's not until March. So it's Sunday, March 15th. Registration is going to open at 12.30 Eastern Time. Um, and the Race session is launch at, at Well, the session launches at 1. Yeah, there's a tw- between uh, practice and an 8-minute qualify, the race will start at 1.30, 90 a minute, or 90 minutes. And like I said, it's going to have the, the two GT4 cars that are that are coming in. The Audi TCR, well, the Audi TCR as well as the Porsche GT4. So I guess those will actually count as separate classes. But look at the prizes. Yeah, there's some very nice prizes on here. Uh, first place, two VIP credentials to any 2020 IMSA event. Uh, Got to be 19 or older. Uh, and that's valid, valid for the U.S. event. That can be exchanged for a 50th anniversary book if, if you can't make make it or you're not of age. And then there's uh, they're also sending a couple of 50th anniversary hand cover books to second and third place. There's also a random participation prize that's also giving out two VIP credentials that's cool so you get to pick which m's a race to go to they give you two tickets 
And uh, they do a random and then the winner. That is awesome. I go to Watkins Glen. For running a 90-minute race on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, get on it, people. Even if you don't run, just get in and try to get the random prize. That would be great. Now, what's interesting is the uh, 12 Hours of Sebring is also going to be going on that same weekend. Yeah, it's all timing. They're trying to do it on the same thing as a real event. But then right after they announced the event, they did officially announce the Cayman GT4 uh, with uh, pictures on Twitter and whatnot. Right. And speaking of the 12-hour, it's also that weekend, March 13th through 15th, the first time slot starting on the Saturday. Uh, well, Saturday at 1 a.m. G- or 0100 GMT, which is Friday night. And then the other one starts on Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. So hold on a sec, Dave. So they've obviously changed the start times for that endurance race because of daylight savings. Is that why? Because usually there'd be a 9 p.m. and a 9 a.m. Would it not? Um, because that's a normal endurance thing. Is they do the nine, nine and nine. I I would just be speculating. I don't know. It's still it's still standard time. Uh, the time I don't think the time is switched by the fifteenth. No, is but it? I'm just no, because I think that's the weekend that it changes. I could be wrong though. Maybe not. Or it's the weekend before. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's at eight. It's at eight p.m. and eight eight a.m. And uh, it'll be at Sebring. You got to have that D four point oh. The sim start date will be March thirteenth uh, at nine twenty a.m. in the morning. So it'll go in, into the night, but not too deep in the night. Attached qualifying eight minutes, thirty minutes warm up, twelve hours weather dynamic. Splits by I rating, and you have to have at least two drivers to qualify. There's a stop and go limit starting at 50 incidents and then every other 20 no dq and the field size is 55 and it's the standard uh imsa class cars okay next up a uh, clarification from greg west about incident limits for special events 24 hours and 12 hours 24 hours are going to stick with 100 incidents and then 12 hours will be 50 and they're going to try to keep it consistent because uh, it hasn't been consistent, but that's the plan going forward and uh, what they determined. So it is what it is. And then Tony Groves, a scary tree's legacy will live on. Yeah, I know nothing of this uh, scary tree, but um, I guess uh, it got attacked by a big storm and knocked a bunch of the uh, yarn branches off. So for anybody that doesn't know, it's um, <laughs> at a track, Snetterton. I guess it's the most popular topiary. Um, it's uh, kind of looks like a big, scary monster. It's got his arms up. Well, the arms have been lopped off due to, but uh, they live on through eye racing. They're there and this very well protected from any kind of storms coming. Eye racing, saving our short tracks and our shrubs. <laughs> now, I kind of take this as a track announcement. Um, Snetterton, I don't think is in iRacing, and um, this is confirmation that it will be. I think they must have scanned it, or they're planning on scanning it. I don't know. Or they scanned it because now the tree's gone. So Greg Hill from iRacing said this legacy will live on, and he posted a picture of the tree from iRacing. Well, maybe I'm missing something, but I don't know that we have Snetterton. I've never heard that. Anybody? <laughs> nope. Um, I Crickets. just kind of Crickets. assumed it was already there um <laughs> if it doesn't have an oval and has right turn man, i'm so yeah yeah I, we all I are. don't remember ever i i run a lot of road courses so i don't remember that one well see david hasn't even heard of it so there it doesn't it's not it there, doesn't so. exist yeah if david hasn't heard of it, it doesn't exist right <laughs> okay let's keep moving uh chris gales uh a- ai settings to have 
No more three wide nose to tail pack stuff. Yeah, this is a pretty cool one. You actually told me about this a few days ago, and I tried it yesterday. Uh, this is um, if anybody's tried the AI at Daytona or Talladega, um, they probably had experience similar to what we did, where everything, all the cars are just nose to tail in three lines. You can't move, you can't do anything. You're just stuck in a lane. Uh, well, this YouTuber, uh, let me get his name up here real, real quick. Um, Simspot. Yeah, it was a sim spot. He put together a five-minute video on how you can set up your um, your AI to make them race more realistically. And it's just a, a few tweaks that you can do when you're setting up. takes a few minutes and save those settings, and they'll be good to go from then on out. And, man, does it make a difference. I mean, it, it's so much more fun. It is. It is a blast now. I, I can't tell you how much more fun this is. And I was just getting repeti repetitions. Uh, it was still Daytona 500 week. I was I was doing this AI and I was doing standing starts so I didn't have to go through a full, you know, one lap pace lap. We were doing standing starts. I'd get up to speed. These guys are moving all over the track. It's just like NIS. It felt very realistic. And so the settings that you change are like you put the... Uh, the level of experience at like zero, you know, and then you put the age at 99 years old and you, and you put the wind at the highest wind and you do all this stuff to make it like it real is hard. Like you're driving the worst driver you could possibly. And <laughs> it works. Turned into NIS. Yeah. But yeah, it's just something weird. And it's, it's doesn't, it's not as crazy as it sounds. It's just kind of something with the, that plate racing, I think where you have to make them a little bit more unpredictable or it'll just stay in that line. Well, iRacing did a good job on the on the pack racing, but it's too good of a job. You know, if you just run like normal settings, it's just like you said, you're just stuck in the middle. There's nowhere to go. It's no fun at all. But with this, it's realistic the way this guy has it set up. Highly recommend it. Uh, it just takes a couple minutes to set up. Okay, Greg, the Spec MX-5 Sim Racing Challenge. Okay, so before we get to that, um, we're going to have to uh, plead our ignorance here on the road course side because I just found Snedderton in the uh, tracks that I haven't bought. Like, oh, well, we uh, do have so it. So it does exist on here. There's probably so... like three dudes that love that track. They're real pissed right now. <laughs> How many yeah, people own Snedderton? We apologize for not knowing it, but uh, yeah, it has three different uh, layouts too. So it just obviously hasn't been circulation for... I'm, gu I'm guessing it's probably in circulation with the MX-5 car, um, which would actually lead me into the next topic, which is the MX-5 Sim Racing Challenge is back for second year, is it not? It, it was last year. Yeah, right? I think it, I remember this last year. Didn't Logan Clampett win it? or? Yeah. He, so, a, he got to go to the Laguna? Yeah, so basically um, it's going to be a series of events uh, with the MX-5 uh, car, and uh, it's going to go on uh, for a little bit here. I'm trying to find the details here because my link's not opening up. But um, anyways, so this is the second year in a row winding uh, through the road courses for uh, Borat. Um, it's it basically that they've done this to grow um, people's, uh, you know, to get to learning road courses and driving that car. So um, some of the things that are part of it, the prize listing, um, well, you'll get a, uh, there's a $75 um, Brick Motec gift card for the first place, uh, 50 for the second place, and 25 for the third place. Um, 
Looks but like you get invited to the actual MX-5 real invitation as well, and the driving experience, and that was the, the school. Same, that was the same thing that um, Matt Malone went to, what, too, was it not? Yeah, that pretty he was darn invited cool. to that weekend. But, uh, yeah, so basically you get to, uh, as a first place, you get the to go invitational uh, performance uh, driving experience as well, and... Uh, uh, wheel-to-wheel competition and licensing school. So uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, a good event and uh, try that uh, this year uh, when it pops up. Now, this is a little different. If you look at the post from Kyle Hayer in the forums, this isn't like iRacing saying, hey, here's something that we put putting out. This is something that uh, Winding Road Racing is putting out in partnership with all these other companies. Um to put this on so uh it is uh if you want more information go find kyle hayer in the forum and check out his post okay next up uh, tony groves good explanation about why the indy 500q is going to be different than all the other q events yeah greg west posted up a, a response to this in the in the forums and i'm just going to read it for a bit. it's perfect there's no sense in paraphrasing any of it he said the indy 500 qualifying procedures in real life allow for multiple attempts to try to bump people out of the grid on multiple different days in an attempt to emulate that it was decided that we would have this be the one special event a year that used unattached qualifying so racers could work on bumping their way into the main event throughout the week with the dynamic weather system the settings for the qualifying session and race sessions must be the same as a community was very much against dynamic weather and qualifying sessions, as it was said to give an unfair advantage to those that go cooler weather or track temps. It required that the race itself has static weather as well. But for special events, we prefer taking advantage of our dynamic weather system, but we have made an exception for Indy 500 per the community's request. That's cool. So we still have the bumping, you know, you bump into the Indy 500, by just running the fastest time, you know, and everyone has static weather and you can run, you know, every two hours or whatever, all week long until, and, and try it a, a bunch of times until you get that perfect lap. I don't get static weather for the race though. Like, well, they can't is... have separate from the, the queue can't be different than the race. Why? That's the like, way, I don't know. That's the way that, it's programmed. It's obviously the, I don't know. But anyways, it's fine. Like, it's, it's not a huge deal. I just was kind of curious that they, you know, that the race can be authentic. The qualifying, I see why it has to be, at, you know, static. Um, I look forward to the Indy 500. I do really well there. So I can't wait for that to come up. But that's months away. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Ty Majewski, a big week for him. He gets his 100th win. Let's hear it. So special, especially in the in a little time we've done it. Um, my first win came in 2013. There, you know, we were kind of part time that year. In 2014, we only had two wins. In 2015, um, you know, we really started pouring them on, and um, it's really cool. A testament to to my entire team to, to be able to, to get 100 wins in that in that level of time. And um, just thank for the, all, all the opportunities and all the good people that I've been around. All right, there it is, 100. And then he gets rewarded later in the week with a sponsorship from iRacing for the truck series with Nice Motorsports. And uh, he's going to be running uh, for the truck championship with iRacing on the hood, guys. Uh, huge, huge news. And uh, well-deserved. Uh, you know, iRacing's been supporting uh, Ty Majeski uh, coming up through the ranks. 
Uh, here he is, uh, has another good chance at a national championship, and so happy that iRacing decides to go ahead and put the colors on the truck. And what do you guys think of the paint job, first of all? I mean, red, white, and blue, it's looking good. Yeah, Sharp-looking car, and man, he's a fast dude. He just needs a little bit of luck. It seems like every race he's in, he gets caught up in somebody else's nonsense. Obviously, he gets it done in every other stock car with his 100 wins. <laughs> well, congratulations to Ty Majewski. We'll certainly be watching... Uh, the truck series this year and see how he does with the iRacing colors. Uh, I think it's a huge win for iRacing to be a sponsor on a car in the national NASCAR series, uh, considering everything that's going on with Coke uh, and all that. So um, I'm glad to see they stepped up and spent the money. All right, okay. David Hall, buy iRating and a cat killed someone. Well, this guy's probably not got a hundred wins uh, and he's definitely got some crazy unluck or unluck. Crazy bad luck. Uh, four to five race failures due to butt box disconnecting. Four race failures due to storms. Three due to internet failure. Then he's in a race, and he feels like he hits something with his pedals. And he thinks he hears a cat. He is VR, by the way. Yeah, he, so I can understand. He doesn't own a cat. Uh, there's some colorful language in the quote. Um, he doesn't own a cat. He tries to apologize. Um, hits the wall. He quickly or He quickly says... Apologies. Then he takes his VR off. There's a cat in his room. And this cat was freaked out. So he, he tried to get him to calm down, but the cat kind of just jumped up and ran and then jumped out back out his window. And in the process, he lost. He went down, went from about a 1.6K rate, I rating to a 1K through all this bad luck. So this is why VR is dangerous because it could have been a bigger cat. Just saying. <laughs> He's just sitting there racing. Bad shit could be happening outside. <laughs> the leopard underneath my clutch, guys. Yeah. So. Pro tip, if you ride in VR, don't race with your window open. So this is why you need to run triples rather than VR. It's like a there you it's, go. it's a public service announcement. <laughs> it's a run risk. VR and, and cats kill. There you go. I like it. All right, Chris Scales, we got the two, 2020 World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Championship Series Qualifier. Uh, yep, the uh, 2020 Season 2 World of Outlaws Super Late Model Series, which begins Monday, March 9th is the sole qualifying series for entry into the world of Outlaws Morton Building's Late Model Championship Series. The series will run as the standard Super Late Model Series during the 2020 Season 2. Uh, so basically this works just like uh, our Road to Pro does, but what you'll want to do if you want to qualify for the um, their Pro Series is just run that 12-week series um, this two. coming yep. season. Yep, And then it's just like our Road to Pro where it's going to take the top 20 who aren't already qualified, and it'll bump them up into the, the Pro Series. So if you have the I rating to do it, get out there and, and get it. Even if you don't have the I rating, get out there and get it, man. Race with these guys and see how you stack up. Why not? This is a regular official series that runs every two hours, man. And uh, it is actually the feeder series. I kind of like how they're using official racing as the feeder series. I do like that. Yeah, I mean, if you're good enough, I mean, you could be running these things all week and... You know, somebody with the the right set of skills could get that I rating up pretty quick and have a pretty good chance at it. You're not you're not doomed to that one race a week for the um, getting that stuff up. Okay, very good. And uh, final uh, story, we got a Autosport article, David, uh, about what a Le Mans winner gets out of I racing. Yeah, this is an article. I can't tell if he's the writer or just was just interviewed, but um, I gave it a good read earlier. Nick Tandy, he won. Outright, Le Mans 24 in 2015, and he's a factory Porsche GT driver. Uh, 
And this is just a great article talking about how he likes to use iRacing and what it's good for. Um, he enjoys the competitive aspect of it uh, as well as the fun factor. He does talk about kind of the same things a lot of drivers talk about. You can't feel the car get loose the same way you can in a real car. But but the biggest advantage that you get is that you can practice for thousands of hours, right? Um, they talk a lot about the – it really – it's almost a great article more for people who don't do iRacing than, than those who do. Yeah, he even says, I got banned for two weeks once. I was racing at Iowa in Xfinity, and I got turned around. Then I purposely spun as I rejoined to try to get a safety car so I could catch up. Yeah, that he, he mentioned that they do that. I racing does police the sport uh, very well compared to some of the other lobbies. Yeah, and he did talk uh, favorably about our I rating split system and how you get grouped together with your ability level, um, which is logged at, during your career. It's very well structured. He's lots of good stuff in there. Check it out. It's autosport.com. Uh, don't forget, guys, we're in regular rotation now over at Performance Motorsports Network. Uh, we have some friends over there, in, including Jim Beaver with the Down and Dirty Show and, and several others, uh, Taylor Burris and those guys. Glad to be a part of it, so check them out to listen. Uh, let's jump to hardware, software. Tony, the G-Belt is delayed. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I know there's uh, lots of people kind of clamoring to, to get their hands on this thing, but, uh, well, unfortunately, uh, due to the coronavirus, um, it's being pushed back a couple of weeks. They're just waiting on a few necessary components. So From China. Gotta, yeah, yeah, that damn thing. It's interesting how that's going to affect a lot of different industries uh, because of the coronavirus, because a lot of stuff comes from China and they're certainly being affected by it. So I think this will be an ongoing story. This might not be the first time we hear something affected by it. Let's just hope they hurry up and uh, fix this virus and uh, we can move on with our with with our cool freaking do-it-yourself stuff. Okay, Greg, we got a new product announcement. The Penguin PS Mod 1 GT Wheelbox. Okay, so I've been looking through this. Um, so it's obviously a, a USB steering wheel box so basically it's a box hub center hub um that uh you can attach any uh any rim you want um to it uh that has the 300 millimeter in diameter to or the the, the whole amounts for the for a wheel the, their specifications um looks like they have from the site they have a whole bunch of them but uh the one that's uh you know the new one that they're showing um, they retail for 429 or 2499 or uh, 319.99. Um, <clears throat> so what they come with, uh, it's a it's a three pre, 3D printed um, hub. It's got uh, 12 position command coder. Um, it's got printed button labels and commands for it. It's got a, I guess uh, depending on which one you have, it's got um, two for, there's like six buttons, a uh, D-pad or a knob on them. They're they got uh, paddles for shifting. Um, it looks like a an interesting design uh, for what they got here. They got all kinds simplistic. of different ones on the site. Yeah, simplistic. It's got a cord uh, as well. It's corded. Uh, simplistic kind of design, but for the price at three nineteen, I, I thought it was pretty good. I'm considering. The, the crappy $350 Fanatec ones with the crappy buttons that barely work. 
though the thing is is how is it sitting in like what is it mounting to on the back like to mount to a uh, uh an actual direct drive rim it obviously doesn't say specifically which one you can mount them to yeah i don't know if i've seen a picture of that um I haven't seen the because it doesn't it. look like it has anything mounting. But I guess if you can, you could probably get a quick release, like the podium quick release on the other side, if you wanted to use like Fanatec or something like that. All right, well let's keep moving. Uh, we got Race Manned Simulators, Chris. Yeah, I had a hard time getting too many details on this one that were in English, so, as far as like a price or even where these things are built. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just another really awesome D box sim complete with. Uh, ground effects and everything else um, did you get much on these guys um mike it almost looks like it's it, they're they're doing events or something i mean has well they, they rent they, you you could do a reservation it says the race man simulator can be rented on our premises for a minimum of 30 minutes if you're interested you know check it out 35 euros it says i think for 30 minutes uh but it's this place uh and they have quite a simulator. I mean, the the look of it is something, man. It really looks like a real race car cockpit kind of thing, the way they have it designed. Um, yeah, I don't know a lot about it, but there is a video. Uh, check out the video on the third link, though. Uh, they got motion and everything. It's got the shocks on the back of the seat kind of look and, and that kind of thing. They got the slip uh, angle tra uh, on the back where the, the back goes left to right. Uh, really big screens in front of the driver, real racing seat with, you know, head wrap around. Uh, it's quite a neat setup. So when you hit the translate this button, um, it, it, the, the language is German. So I got to imagine it's somewhere in Germany or, you know, very Yeah, I think it is it. Germany. Yep. And they have a Facebook page. It's called Race Mand, M-A-D, M-A-N-D simulators. And, uh, I went over there and liked their page and, uh, they have some pretty cool looking sims. I'm trying to learn more about them. I don't know if they sell them or they just rent them out to events or that kind of thing. I'm still learning about it, but uh, I love the video. Well, let's keep going. We found another uh, beautiful piece of hardware, on, this time on Instagram, uh, from Sim. Uh, it's the, um, excuse me, at the French Sim Racer has assembled this nice wheel. It's from 3D Wrap. And uh, he said, I want, want, want one. And uh, boy, it is a nice looking uh, Formula One style wheel with a carbon fiber kind of look. It's got the monitor in the middle, uh, dials and buttons, and everything, paddles. Uh, if you go on to the website, though, 3D Wrap, and we've talked about them before, 3DRAP.IT. They have all kinds of stuff, mods for your Logitech and Thrustmaster shifters, uh, GT rim add-ons. You can buy the full wheel, uh, all kinds of spare parts and other things. But I had no idea you could print a 3D wheel and have it look that good. That's kind of what shocked me. They're getting better and better the more people start doing this, right? Like they're the 3D, like you can go down their page here and they got really simple, simple designs. And then they go up to their elaborate with the inside screen and everything like, and you know, they're fairly priced. They're pricey, but they're really nicely designed. 550 euros for this formula one, one with, with the display, uh, that I just clicked on here on the 3d wrap, uh, it website. Uh, 3d wrap is Italian, I believe. Um, 
but yeah, they're printing this stuff up and you, they, you know, print it and they ship it to you and you're, you know, 550, that's about half what some of these wheels go for. They have a really nice F1 hybrid rim for 850 or 830, 830 to 850. And it looks really good. Okay, David Hall, we got a cockpit review of somebody famous, Jimmy Johnson. Well, if you've recently listened to Jimmy talking uh, about his retirement, he's not actually retiring. He's just kind of getting out of the 36-a-week NASCAR grind. He's been talking about playing around in sports cars and Indy cars and just doing things that he wants to and uh, having a little bit more time to enjoy it these days and that's looked like it's going to include iRacing a little bit i think this may be the first time i've seen him on iRacing but boy this is a nice rig he's got these giant uh triple screen setup and and a indie style or formula style rig uh with and he's got ally stickers on it as well as his twitter handle uh, and it's definitely a sturdy rig now, I just added a link that came in late that Jimmy sent a couple hours ago from Instagram. You guys look at that one, and you'll see that uh, his rig, he's showing off a picture of it, uh, and it's from a company called CoolPerformance.com, Racing Simulators. And so I'm going to try to go to that website right now. Yeah, I know someone posted the bottom here uh, in, in in the Twitter part, you know, they, they want to see him do the 500, but it sounded like he was only going to focus on the road aspect. Um, he uh, he doesn't want to get up into the speeds that they're going on ovals, but um, Jimmy, uh, I can see him being more on here in the back when he gets into retirement with, uh, you know, learning if he's going to go and do that sports car stuff or indie stuff. Well, just like we talked about in that article, it's a place where you can get a ton of practice in. And, uh, I mean, there's there's a reason he's a seven-time champion and can go run marathons on a race weekend. Uh, he's he's hardcore. Yeah, and he found a company that provides kick-ass cockpits that we've never even heard of. Coolperformance.com, guys. Check that out. Now, you click on the formula rig, which is the one he's showing in the picture, I believe. It doesn't have a price, so you know what that means. <laughs> well, it was probably free for him. Right, because he just that picture on Instagram is what paid for it. That's a free advertising, right? To people like us. But look at that cockpit. I mean, the way it's designed, I don't think we've seen a design like this where I don't know if that's wood or metal, those those pieces that make up the cockpit, but they're like flat metal pieces that have been cut in a curved fashion and kind of I don't know it's got a real modern look to it it definitely limits your choices on where you're going to put the pedals though I mean, if you know that that's the arrangement you want to have you're set but uh, it doesn't I don't I'm curious if it has the same level of adjustability that that you get out of the 8020 rigs yeah it doesn't look very adjustable that's true but maybe that's what he uh, wants uh, now, he was tagging great. He was tagging Lando Norris in all these photos, so I don't know if this means that's a rig that Lando has or if he's just a buddy or what. I'm trying to find. There's no specifics on what that is made out of. Yeah, there's no would, price, so that's you know what that means. I would be surprised if it was wood. It's probably it's probably a metal. And what uh, what what uh, port or direct drive is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. All right, well let's keep moving. Uh, Chris Gale's created for personal use. Another beautiful wheel. Yeah, this is um, from Simulated Motion on Instagram. And yes, yeah, is a, a Red Bull rim, and all blue. I mean, it, it's really sharp looking. Yeah, that kind of light blue, red blue color. 
that's notorious for the Red Bull logo. The entire Alcantara of the wheel is in that light blue. Uh, very colorful. Yeah, I wonder if this is just like a, this is like a custom job or something. I can't see any place where you can get one, but man, there would be plenty of people who would want one. Yeah, very custom, I'm sure. Uh, this guy, simulated underscore motion on Instagram, is from Poland. So, Hey, just to go back to the last one, apparently that that thing is made out of high-grade aluminum that's powder-coated, that rig. You probably have to wear those special butt shorts to make it comfortable, just like his bikes. That's kind of like sim seats. That's what they use. It's a powder coat metal. And so I'm sure it's pretty expensive. Okay, Tony Groves, where do we stand with our iRacers Lounge podcast fantasy league? Well, Daytona's down and... Uh, so are you. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's okay. <laughs> Ouch. That's <laughs> not any better, okay. Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm down there with him. Well, here, here's the I thing. Way past so, him, actually. The, the beauty part about having this... Uh, fantasy league using this this uh format that anybody can go in and see what anybody has picked and so i kind of peeked at some of the top guys that coming out of daytona and got very excited to see that you know guys are using up some of their big names and you can only use them 10 times during the regular season so um you know what that's cool uh Currently, I'm sitting six, and that's a pretty comfortable spot for me right now. It's we're one race in. It's Daytona. It's it's a plate race. It's a crapshoot. So, you know, use up use up those uh, those heavy guys in the in these races. Uh, I'm all for it. Um, that's where that's where Tony lives. He lives in that that just a little ways back until about the last race of the season when he passes you. <laughs> yeah, you used up uh, all your good picks. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean at the end of the race, I'll have like Landon Castle left, and oh yeah, he's done it to me twice already. Depends on if his ride gets bought out or not. But just saying, Chris, like you, you, you got the bonus of driving a really pretty car. That was that was awesome. So uh, this year will be different. It'll be different. <laughs> I'll bring it on. Bring it on. So this thing is working out uh, pretty well. I mean, we've got um, we looks like we've got eighteen people signed up. Um, I'd love to see double that. In fact, I'm going to throw a challenge right now. If we can double this number, 18, so we get 36 uh, people in, uh, hanging with us, having some fun, um, I will come up with some kind of iRacer Lounge podcast swag to to randomly give out. Um, if you guys haven't signed up, it's not a big deal. It's just Daytona. Lots of room to make all the you know make up points and throughout the season. Um, so sign up, come on in nascar.com, the fantasy live and, uh, search out iRacers lounge podcast fantasy league. What we'll do, uh, with that, Tony, with your idea there, we'll just do the iRacers lounge hat that I have. The one that I've created. Perfect. Yeah. There is a beautiful hat out there that has our logo on it. There's one. So winner gets it. Oh, now, if that comes, uh, that, if that comes from Canada, to be shipped with a bottle of maple, does it not? Oh, there we go with the maple syrup. <laughs> or, or apparently, uh, our uh, national treasure, Justin Bieber, for Ashton Crowder. <laughs> All right, let's look at the points uh, in first. Team two hundred seven must be. I don't know who that is. Maybe a listener. Uh, yours truly in second. Uh, Res Dog in third. My iRating sucks is in fourth. <laughs> I like to know who that is. Uh, and Daytona number 14, fifth. And Tony Groves I Racing is uh, sixth. We got Samantha Scale in eighth. A couple other names. Uh, Bobby Jonas, ninth. Your wife is beating you, Chris. 
Yeah, and uh, my boss is Dayton 14, so I'm not doing okay, so well. Okay, he's 5th. There you go. Chris Scales, you're 12th. Uh, who else is in here? Adam, uh, Jocelyn's down there in 16th. I think I just Newman like was my second highest finisher, and he did it on his lid on fire. That was my second best guy. It was a rough race. How does it work when the driver is being replaced by somebody? Is it just the car number then? Yeah, uh, I, I believe yeah. so. Well, I think I it'll actually so. pop in the driver. I think it'll go by driver. So I would bet if um, you might get an, an extra Newman pick or something when he comes back. Because I think uh, they all, it's always by driver. So I bet they would just have the driver in there. And we'd have some extra Newmans when he comes back. Okay. Let's get into race results. We'll talk NASCAR iRacing Series. Let's finish up the Daytona 500. Now, we all won. Three of us won last week. And uh, I, I don't know if I told you just how excited I was uh one of the listeners asked me well how excited were you well I went back got on the stream and grabbed it here it is so about that excited so yeah it was a great win for me uh let's keep moving Thursday fixed I got p35 I was pushing my teammate Nick uh Williams we hooked bumpers a bit uh, threw me down a bit into the bottom lane ugh four minutes optional I uh, did not have the energy to ride around for four hours, so I did not finish the race. I think the problem there, Nick uh, forgot to change his steering ratio. He's running like eight to one, and he's moving all around, but I was still trying. And just, uh, He ended up P24. Uh, he got a piece of the first two cautions, but did not sustain any damage. Made it clean to lap 114, got wrecked coming into pit lane. Rode around eight laps down to pick up a few spots. Friday open. He he, uh, Nick got P33, caught up in the big one while being stuck on the high lane. Apparently, I'm a wreck magnet. People need to watch out further ahead. David Hall, you got a top 10, P10. Yeah, I had to kind of work my way back up. I was leading, and uh, the outside car on a restart got a bad bump and turned into me. Caused enough damage to make it just a little bit harder to keep it all the way up front. All right, and Greg, you got wrecked out early. You're going to start noticing a theme here, so we'll just keep going at that. Okay. Uh, and you were streaming too, but your stream was like up 15 minutes or something. Wait, but yeah, it was pretty Greg, early. Greg, was that one also where the wreck I got hit caused you to get wrecked out? Uh, yeah. David and I are not allowed to be in the same split anymore because everything thing, he gets involved at the front because I didn't qualify. And I think I should probably start qualifying in front of David now because of what's been happening. All right. And then I got wrecked out. Going for my second win in the week uh, while leading, I got bumper hooked. And not just like, you know, onto the side of the car, from behind. Like the guy pushing me was like moving back and forth on the bumper and he caught it just right and hooked me, man. And uh, there's not a lot you could cheer from behind, especially Tony Rochette, P7, nice run. Was doing okay with a little damage, staying up front till caught up someone's spin and went to pit and fixed a minute damage and decided to rush to the bathroom, yanked on my VR headset, knocked a monitor down, and ended up down a lap and couldn't make it back up. So don't try to pee during the race. He doesn't have any luck with anything. <laughs> but he still got a top 10. That, you know, imagine if he didn't have to pee, if he, you know, he might have won the race. He, uh, if he doesn't have connection problems, which he's fixed, now he's his own problem. We need to strap him into the chair. Tony Groves. You had a heck of a race and ended up P12. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And it was, uh, wasn't was too bad. Like, the first part of the race, it seemed like it was starting to shape up like any lower split Daytona. Um, and, man, like, I was weaving through the racks like a, an Olympic slalom skier. It was, uh, 
the, the big ones came early on and I come down to uh, for a pit stop and that's that's I was my own worst enemy there um, I ended up uh, I was trying to keep up with uh, the guys th that I was pitting with and spun it coming off a pit road nosed it into the wall for a bunch of damage and while I was getting that damage fixed the last uh, the last caution came and we were green flag for the for the rest of the race and there's just no way for me to make that stuff up but uh, thankfully I quit out the race and I got a p12 through attrition all right very good Sunday open David Hall wrecked near the end yeah uh, ran near the front the whole time uh, then Near the end, I was on the outside leading the pack, not, or leading leading the outside line. The guy that was pushing me just wasn't pushing well enough. Uh, the second place car on the inside line came up a little. I moved to the right to to react, and then moved back down to the left to tr try to get back down and side draft and move down too low and caused a big wreck. Dang! So you were actually got uh, some contact there. Take them all out, right? Yeah, I was the big one. Yikes. All right, Tony Rochette, P16, started third, ran good till a caution, and that damn internet crashed on me. Three laps down, scratched, and clawed my way back to fifth on lead lap with 14 to go and was taken out, P16. Tough race for him. I uh, thought he had the internet fixed, but apparently not. Sunday fixed, I ran P20. I actually led uh, probably the most laps, uh, lap 173. Got into an accident with the uh, chief steward, it was a racing deal, though. We could just kind of came together. Uh, I looked at the replay. I was on the top lane. He was on the bottom. Uh, I maybe came down a little. He came up a little kind of thing, and we touched it. And, but it was too much damage to be competitive after that. So, uh, yeah, that's Daytona. Let's move to Vegas. Wednesday open. Uh, Williams, P19. Wrecked on the last lap. Went for a pass in turn one for second place, and he clipped the apron. Sent the car up slightly and tapped the car uh, in first. Uh, Karma got me as I was right-reared into the wall driving by. And then, uh, David, you got P21. Yeah, this race started off weird. On lap 14, I'm running on the inside, kind of coming up through the through the pack. I think I qualified like seventh. Uh, I'm second, and the leader is up high on the wall and then literally warps in front of me. Not turns. It's you know it was it was some a strange warp. And then I went back and checked the replay. He actually disappeared completely, and then my car suddenly jerks like I ran into something. Well, after he's gone from the track, uh, that caused enough damage to make it the car a little bit slow on the long run. Um, I hung around top eight for most of the rest of the race and until near the end. Uh, another caution: uh, two guys got into it in front of me. I turned to the left. I'm all the way down on the apron. I clear both of them, but one of them hits the guy that had been driving beside me and knocks him down into. So I uh, was able to limp it back home in 21st. Okay. Uh, Greg, you uh, wrecked out early. I watched your... It looked like you might have touched the apron. Well, it was all part of that <clears throat> uh, David's incident there. So I went back and looked at David's incident. Uh, so what happened is that guy... I don't know what it is with Las Vegas. I know years ago that used to have a problem on the backstretch. If you touch that wall and you yank it off of it, it would shoot you across the track. Well, it looked like either he got close to it and then did it, but realized what he did and did the old, was it control F4 or whatever to do the quick disconnect. And that's what happened. He came across David's nose. I think he thought he was going to wreck the whole field and 
um he hit it quickly so he didn't but i guess he got it david just a bit before he did it and then i followed david down to the inside because that's i thought i thought they were all wrecking but i had way too much momentum to be way down on the apron and i couldn't get it slowed up and i came back up on the track and got rear-ended and thrown to the wall and then meatball flag and yep that was my night over yeah you guys need to get in different splits uh i ran i got p11 so that means I had a first for the first week, 11th for the second week. I'm pretty happy with that. But had a good run going on the outside lane. A guy on the inside came up into me and I slammed the wall hard after about a minute or so damage. But it was too slow to be competitive uh, for the win. Um, and I was running really good. That set is just awesome on, our, on the long run that we got. But uh, I ended up with 8x on one lap. And then, yikes, I, I, I was at 12x been flirting uh, with 14 uh, the chief steward again I got into contact with him uh, he got into the back of me when we were checking up for a wreck and uh, yeah it was pretty ugly Tony Rochette P12 he said he stayed in top 10 all race and even with some damage and was taken out on the green white checker and then Chris you had the best run P3 yeah, it was a, like you said, the set was pretty awesome. I mean, you can just, uh, it was a little tight, but you just never had to worry about it and just stayed on the throttle. Uh, had a had the lead towards the end, um, played fuel mileage, and had a really clean race. It was a really good NIS race for the most part. We had a green flag stop, and we were just about to another green flag stop when a caution came out, and I was leading the race and hung on to it for a little while. But um, just got totally schooled really um on one of the last restarts i got out a little bit too far and um donald etcher he was a little bit smarter and got a good run on me and passed me on the outside and uh, we had another couple cautions got a little dirty there towards the end and then uh i donald and i were on the outside and i had a really nice run but really no place to go with it so i just kind of buried it in his bumper and pushed him to the win but yeah uh, p3 and um leading division three with zero incidents on the season so real proud of that so i'll just hang my hat there and if it goes south after um two weeks i'll at least have that yeah first and a third man you're just looking good in points right now so keep it up man keep knocking on the door uh yeah All right. i was uh real quick i was uh chatting with john hammer earlier and he said he gave the good advice to not run any more nis this week um but i was also asked to tell him about that set because it, it is a public set that we're using, so it's kind of out there for everybody. And I know we want to um, better the community with the podcast, but I think that's something we just need to keep to ourselves for now. You know, maybe share once we have something else. <laughs> yeah, we needed that good set. I and mean, we were better in a lot of cars out there. It made it a lot easier, for sure. Uh, Thursday Open, I ran today with Nick Williams. We, he was in a lower split because he's lost so much I rating the last couple of weeks. So we weren't together, but, uh, I got P 22 wreck magnet. None of my doing, I just couldn't seem to miss anything. It was like they were wrecking in front of me and I would get by, but I would brush somebody and I would get, you know, four X. So anyway, um, I never really had a lot of damage, but at 10 X I was running third when first and second wrecked each other. And I got a piece of it by when they went by. And uh, so I ended up with my first drive-through pass-through penalty stop and go. Uh, put me down two laps. And my experience was is I know to uncheck the tires and fuel. And guess what? I did. And guess what? When I pitted, it gave me tires. 
I was so frustrated. So I had to sit through a 14 second tire stop and then do the 26 second uh, penalty. And so it put me down two laps, could of course never recover from that. Not happy with the rule. I just don't like it. I think 14 is just not enough. They move it higher or something. All right, and that's it for the NIS. Uh, what else do we got? That's it. Let's go into final thoughts. Uh, Chris Scales, you're up first. Um, out of here for um, old bastards practice. Have a um, Xfinity race tomorrow night. Really excited for that one, Las Vegas, because uh, you get rid of that giant spoiler on the back of it, and then you have a dynamic track with progressive banking and a car you have to lift. So it will be a lot of fun. Chris, you got to ask them when they're going to finally let me back into that series. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll talk to them tonight. <laughs> All right, very good. David Hall, final thoughts. Well, Greg, you at least have half of the, half of the name part right, correct? So, I'm out. Quiet, quiet crickets. Yeah, I know. Um, I actually did run a – we, we kind of jumped over it. I did run in a hosted race. Uh, Andy Rabbits had another snail racing community race. We went to the Roval, and, we, and I had actually prepared a set for – the legend car and then accidentally joined in the mx5 so i had to run it in the mx5 uh i don't even i, I had a set from reddit race at some point uh and ended up finishing p2 got to do an interview and plug the podcast and everything it was pretty fun so another shout out to to annie and all of our videos that she's putting out it's really i really enjoy watching that uh progression yeah she's got a fun video channel check that out uh snail racing greg hectest your final thoughts? Um, I don't have much to talk about this week. I uh, I got to get away from David, apparently. Um, no, I David and David's not any of the problem. It's just got to get in there a little bit more. Um, I want to, you know, this week is kind of it was kind of a weird weekend uh, into the Monday. You know, I I I'm kind of glad as a as a race fan that you know Ryan Newman was able to come through everything. So I'm thankful on that side of it. I know we didn't talk about it or anything here, but um, it's good to see that. You know, he was able to walk away or eventually got to get away from that accident and stuff. So that's, you know, I felt good after that as a fan. And um, but uh, yeah, so if you want to just uh, I'll be racing this Friday night. Uh, if you want to follow me, it's at uh, you can look at our our uh, Fosi page. Um, all our streams are going up there now. And uh, if you want to watch me on Twitch, you can watch it. Frozen Cactus, uh, Frozen with two, o two O's, Cactus, two K's. And uh, we'll see what we can do Friday night. Yeah, uh, it's amazing that Ryan Newman is alive. I think um, that was the hardest uh, stock car wreck I've ever seen right in the driver's side. And so it's a miracle that he's alive, I think. And uh, it was tough to, I, I couldn't race or do anything on that night besides check Twitter and to see what was going on. And I'm sure iRacing was uh, very quiet because a lot of people were really in, waiting uh, for those uh, few hours trying to get news. I went, I hopped in a race just to keep, keep my mind off of it for a little while but of course we, i would i had another guy just watching messenger and repeating every uh piece of information that that came in over twitter while i was while we were racing um since you brought it up though we might as well talk about it that it, it really is a testament to all the safety that has gone into to the cars because if you think about that if that wreck had happened in 2001 there's no way he survives that i didn't think he survived it i i had in a part of my mind when it was already prepared to, to deal with him being gone. And then um, uh, he's alive. And what's really, really amazing about it is that there's an extra bar in the in the driver's compartment that they call the Newman bar. 
that he he lobbied for about five or six years ago, and that probably very as well what helped. Yeah, that might have saved him because that's right, protecting the head area where he got hit. Well, right. and the craziest thing is, is I know Mike, you said uh, this in our messenger. It's to be honest, you know, Dale Earnhardt Sr. paid the ultimate sacrifice to better the sport. His his you know he paid he he died, be, which made these cars the safety equipment, everything better. And, you know, like David said, there's probably, we'd probably be plenty other uh, people have passed away over the years if a lot of the safety stuff haven't come in because come, you know, they've had a bad accident there, what, uh, a couple years ago with uh, the other three car, right, with uh, Austin Dillon going in the crowd and nobody understood how he got out of that car so quickly. But it was such a crazy night. Uh, the team was, the team chat was going crazy trying to get updates and all that. Yeah, it was a interesting night for the sport, and we're part of it as fans. All right, Tony Groves, final thought? Uh, a bunch this week. Um, I have not touched Vegas yet. Hopefully I can get a little bit of practice in before I uh, race tomorrow night. Um, stay t- to our social, a little bit of an announcement coming up. I'll uh, just keep it at that, and everybody wait. Okay, always exciting for that. Chris Gales, you had one more thought? Um, yeah, real quick, back to that set we had. Um, I usually run Don't VRS. Give it away. Oh no, no, no! I was I usually run VRS, and it's consistently there. It's something you can grab. It's usually pretty tight, but you can. It'll be fine. It'll get you through your race. And I think a lot of other people do that if you don't have a lot of time to test a set. And those were the people that were all over the track in our races. And so you should. I mean, they got to a little bit better than this week because it just got a lot of guys wrecked. And you should be able for what if for a paid subscription. You should get more for your money than something you can you can go out and grab something that's way better and way more stable for free online. Yeah, I've heard that from other drivers this week about the VRS set being way loose and too tough to drive. Yeah, it was on a cool track too, so I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty of news out there on the forums and people complaining that you could point them in the right direction, but that was pretty rough. Cold track should have made it tighter. Yeah, exactly, and it was everywhere. I'm I'm thinking the more, you know, not to brag on vrs or anything but you know maybe the more they've got and their 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 experts are busy doing their other stuff maybe they're not as much going into it i haven't looked at the vrs sets to see if a lot of them are the same almost every week if they just change a couple things or something like that especially with the 1.5 mile tracks right oh yeah it kind of comes down to sorry I was going to say, usually it's a really good value for your money. I wouldn't complain. And what they give out for free is awesome. It's just, yeah, this was bad. And you don't want people out there doing that, you know, paying something for not having to work on a set and wrecking it. <laughs> a lot of it I'm, does I'm glad come we had to, something else. I thought you had finished. Uh, sorry. I've, a lot of it does come down to which guys, which guys doing each data pack as well, because uh, I still have a lot of success with their road sets. But their oval sets don't do me so good. It also comes down to guys. You got to get out there and practice. Don't Mike Ellis it and just jump into <laughs> it. You got to get out there and practice. But that's what VRS is for. You Mike Ellis it, man. That's right. And uh, that's why I have a team of great drivers around me to support me with the sets, so I don't have to practice. So um, thank you guys for that. I do. All right, that's my okay. You thoughts. make us look good here. Yeah, that, I have other things. So uh, with that being said, uh, my final thoughts is, wow, I'm so happy to get 11th at Vegas, a first in Daytona. I think I'm like ninth in points in Division Two. Really happy to a good start to this. We have some great drivers on the team. We've really bolstered our uh, how many people we have right now, and, and we got a good mix. So everything's hitting on 
all cylinders and uh, we're ready to go. We're going to have Taylor Burris on next week again. He's going to help us preview the Road to Pro, but he's also got a special announcement about a new Coke team effort. So we'll uh, wait for that. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.